Hello, everyone, and welcome to the EVN Disrupt podcast. My name is Nishdat Saturyan. I'm the editor of the creative tech section here at EVN Report. Our guest today is Arsen Stepanyan, the co-founder and CEO of Orders.co, and he's also a board member of the Build Up Bootcamp. Orders.co is a Los Angeles-based online order and menu management system for restaurants. We spoke about building SaaS solutions for the restaurant industry and the challenges and opportunities involved in building a team in Armenia. Thank you for listening. Arsene John, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, hi, Nishtay. Thank you for having me here. Arsene, let's start with a little bit of your background. I know you have quite the entrepreneurial uh, story. Tell us about how you got started in the startup world and in entrepreneurship. Yeah, sure. Like I've been in the retail store. Like I had a couple of stores, like retail business. And uh, in around 2011, 12, I've been introduced like the one of the first the e-cigarette like vape product. And as an ex-smoker, so I tried myself and. Uh, saw the different like the benefits comparing with the cigarette. I created my own brand. It was a hobby, and because I was believing that it's better alternative than the cigarette. And in 2016, uh, I went to the distribution, like B2B dis- uh, distribution for the vape e-cigarette products. In four years, we have grown like from zero to 100 million gross. Uh, gross sales and uh, like from two employee, three employee to 75 employee. So it was interesting experience. In 2020, with uh, co-founder and our CTO Ashot Bayatian, which is we friend like more than 10, 15 years. Like we went to the restaurant uh, to order the food, and the employee couldn't help us because they have multiple tablets like uh, right. linking the orders. And then she has to tell the kitchen what to make at the same time trying to help us. And like, I just, I asked Ashut, like, Ashut, there should be a solution. Like, instead of multiple tablets, they should have only one. Then we went, Google it, like first 10 minutes, we didn't find a solution. We said, okay, there is a problem. So I think. <laughs> it's a problem that can be solved. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes. And then like, and then after 30 minutes, of course, we find out a couple of companies. And then we call like our friends who has the restaurant asking them like, are you using like the solution for integrating like the multiple tablets in one? And they say, yes, we tried like a couple of companies. It didn't work out well. Then we decide like, why not? Let's just look at what we can do in the food industry, restaurant so industry. So the, the status quo with the multiple tablets, what was the reason for, for using multiple devices and what were the restaurants using them for? Yeah, in uh, USA, like uh, especially in USA since 2011-12, after the ride-sharing applications when becoming popular then like people they start using like uh, delivery services okay. and uh, the first one of the first ones was e24 then become a grab hub uber eats doordash uh, postmates and uh, of course it was it is convenient for the end users they can focus on the work or maybe they enjoy the time at home and they can just order the food and uh, receive it of course paying extra but uh, saving time for the restaurant, first time trying the one of the service is good, and then they just want to get more revenue, and they just keep adding more services, and then they're having a different problem, like how they're going to manage all these multiple tablets, and especially uh, depends when they sign up of these uh, services, like each tablet, they're having different menus and different pricing. So. Right. right. So each tablet was for one of these services, like Grubhub or 
Uber Eats or something, I guess. Like yes. Serve a delivery service. Yes, basically the tablet is the, the where they receive the orders. Right. So it's transferring the information that somebody ordered the food. So right. get ready, so we'll mm -hmm. come to pick up. So what is your solution? What does Orders Co. do? Uh, we started in 2020 as a beta version and one of our first restaurants was Nairi Restaurant, like our friend. In Los Angeles? In Los Angeles, yeah. I think they've been since 1990 or something like that. And then bank it. Uh, so first solution was we started from a menu management system because I think every restaurant uh, before they build a dining space or what size kitchen they have to do it they start with the menu what they gonna serve and according to that they start building the kitchen and yeah. the, the the whole restaurant layout that's where we started so we went back and we start creating the menu management system and then for us it was easy just to integrate with the different platforms it's a really a traditional SaaS business and it's often with SaaS businesses people observe some problem in their day-to-day -day life and try to find a solution for it. What type of advice can you give to other potential SaaS founders on scouting problems? Like, how do you how do you look for problems to solve for? I think you have to try to really go to see, uh, to talk and uh, just dip in any industry and uh, to kind of have that feeling of the problem, like understanding the problem from inside. And then once you understand uh, don't try to go the short way. Try, even if it's going to take too long, but yeah. try to solve the problem. Do it right. Do it right way. Because like, even when we started, we were getting advices like uh, as a startup, especially in IT world. And that's actually as an IT startup, my was first experience. They're saying like, oh, you have to execute. You have to be quick. Uh, just bring one small solution. Just get the customer show that you can do it. But our previous experience with the B2B sales uh, that we have the, the distribution, we find out better we'll just understand the problem and uh, bring the sol real solution. And with that, we can add like a more future quicker and also the other features can solve the real problem. Right. That's where like after the integration of multiple tablets, uh, then we see that restaurant owners, they have their own loyal customers, but because they don't offer the delivery system or online ordering, they have to go through this delivery companies yeah. and pay 20 to 30% commission. So for us, it was easy when we have the menu management system, we start offering commission-free ordering website. Right. So then like a lot of the restaurants, they easily can just get an online orders and just paying us like a small subscription fee. And later on, we got the request that the restaurant owners, uh, they want to do delivery, but they don't have enough staff. And then we uh, we integrated and we partnered with the DoorDash Drive, Uber Direct, like other like Ally and Nash. So basically, and they all integrate directly into your platform. So they just have to use you instead of all these. Yes. Services. So basically any order when they're receiving from the commission free ordering website also they can do delivery right. and just the end user or the restaurant owner with a small delivery fee they can now offer it as a delivery service right. was it easy to get those integrations and those partnerships uh not not really like uh, we got our first partnership with the uber eats and uh, even that time like we were really small and i remember we just through our network and the connections so we been lucky to be contact with one of head of department on the integration and like we're just trying to explain like how we see the problem and how we want to solve it 
And I remember the guy says, okay, like, I don't understand how big you are, but okay, not a problem. I'll just send you the NDA, you sign it, right. I will go forward. So, so for, they didn't want to see a certain amount of traction or anything? Uh, no, I think because the probably they like, like, uh, our vision, like, what we want to do, like, how we really want to help the restaurants. Yeah. So, and then he said, okay, like, I hope you can do well. I'm sure they he understand that we're not that big, but right. so he gave us an opportunity. And then we just had the follow-up, the part partnerships right. uh, with the DoorDash and the GrubHub. And the Once you got one, then it's easy to get the rest, I guess, right? It's not easy because they have the same issue too on the staff. Because that integration, it's a big process. It's not about you just getting the API and uh, connect it. It's also, it's involved from their side too. But we do a lot of expos in this past two years. We have been like in different trade shows, food especially. That's where you build your network yeah. and relationship and you just show them that it's not only one time we will meet. So mm -hmm. you go the next, after two months, you st still meet with them with another like conference. And so yeah. you have to chase it. So. Right. How have you tackled your go-to-market strategy? How have you managed to grab the piece of the market that you have so far? Initially, we started, our target was small and mid-sized restaurant. And why? Because uh, with, again, previous experience from the small business owners, you can learn about the product you can learn about the problems because they don't get enough help from the big uh, software companies and they don't have funds to afford to try a lot of things but they like to talk about it so that's why we went to the small and mid-sized restaurants or the business owners and we say we're ready to listen like if you have 10 minutes 15 minutes 30 minutes just give us a feedback one of our good customers probably like i think we sign up like almost a year year and a half ago uh, armand slash pizza in uh, glendale so the guy he loved to share like the, the ideas the problem right. like, can you do this can you right. do that? Good feedback and yes and that's how we learn the, the problems and the also learn what we can bring like real value because yeah. this is not about just selling some future it's just about what value you bring to the customer and then the customer stays with you forever. Yeah, and it also sounds like some of the Armenian connections have been helpful to get some get off the ground a little bit. From the start and a few, yeah. like probably like ninety eight percent of our customers we, we service nationwide, so non Armenians, yeah. but definitely like the Nairi restaurant, it's our the first, first restaurant <laughs> yeah, and the like sure. Armand and like other yeah. restaurants that we learn a lot. Through your product, can restaurants and food joints also do all of the delivery in-house or is it only integrations with the third parties? No, they can do in-house as well. They can well. do both in-house. They well. can do in-house as well and also we have a partnership, the Cartwheel, uh, uh, which is they provide a software solution if they have like a big operation. That's mostly like for the franchises and chain locations. So through their uh, software they can also manage and they can have their own application and or the phones like to do the delivery and the logistic part yeah so we have other partnerships as well if they have a big mm -hmm. operation so how do you for, see the distribution with it within your customers are most of them using it for integrating into third parties or is there an interest from the industry to do delivery in-house? Mostly, I can say this about like from the small and mid-size, uh, the integration, because when we're talking about in-house, that's mainly the enterprise. Uh, one example I can bring it, uh, at least in LA or like in any city in USA, average like uh, wage of the employee is going to be like around 2000 to like $3,000. So if you want to have seven days, some delivery service, so you have to spend at least like $4,000 approximately. Right. And uh, 
problem you have it like on the peak hours which is like from the 5 6 p.m to 8 p.m you're getting like 10 orders like maybe in 30 minutes right. so even one employee cannot deliver handle it all so in this case like for example doordash charging like seven dollar per delivery Hmm. And even if you get like 15 orders at once, so you can have 50 delivery people, they come and deliver. Or if DoorDash right. is busy, we just forwarding to the Uber Eats. So that way, I think it's more convenient and it will be a lot quicker because the food is important, uh, the timing, it's uh, not the sensitivity of right. the timing. That's very important because when it's getting cold, the test is not the same. And right. It doesn't matter how the restaurant making good food, but if they deliver it late, yeah. so then... It affects the quality of the product. Yes. Yeah. So I know you guys have been growing your team here in Armenia as well, and your presence in Armenia. Tell us a little bit about that. What has that experience been like? Uh, yeah, in 2021, we opened up the first development team. We started with a 10, of course, and then we grow and we like uh, the menu management system we changed three times we just always we trying to make it better and better in 2022 uh, where we open up our uh, second office for the support and the sales so the development of course it's not a problem it's easy uh, but when it comes to the support and especially the sales i think that's the first thing it's we need like uh, night shift employees second uh, the language which mm -hmm. is it's very important uh, and the third, it's uh, the experience. Support, I think Armenia have the talented people and there is a lot of companies and startups they've been through. But when we're talking about the sales, yeah. this is like the, the weakness uh, and especially B2B product uh, sales. But uh, we have a team that we're doing training from US and even like today right now this trip we came uh, with our sales director so we kind of stay 10 days on the 10 nights Harry is just around is staying training with the team training training and we we're getting like really good results are the salespeople in Armenia selling to the US market yes yeah and not only and not only we have Armenian employees, we have from India and we have from Colombia, yeah. uh, because we we need like different language uh, right. speakers and right. and that's that's how we also want to make sure the culture inside our team uh, is not only Armenian. Right. So that uh, so we want to have different kind of a culture, like bring the the good things from the U.S. Mm -hmm. uh, that's where I've been like almost 20 years and there is a lot of good things that I learned and I want to bring it uh, my experience to Armenia. Uh, we want to be like really connected because yeah. we spend our employees like eight hours a day. So we want to make sure that eight hours they feel that they are in U.S. Yeah, right. Yes, that, that makes sense. And how big is your development team here now? Around like 25 people. So approximately like 25 to 30 sales and wow. support. And uh, we're still growing. And yeah. We're still in the process. I think when I last saw you, you guys were like five or six people. So it sounds like you've grown very fast with <laughs> the engineering team. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, it's, it's growing. And yeah. we, we because now, like listening to our customers, we just keep adding new features and we're bringing new values for our restaurants. And when they see your deliveries in a short time and the quality and also they see the value with the gross sales or the income or the profit they are making they start keep pushing you with the new features right. oh okay like it seems you are listening and you're doing so can we do this can we yeah. do that yeah absolutely what was your experience like finding and hiring talent in, in armenia is there any advice you can give for other founders who live 
and like you live in the U.S., people who live abroad to come and open up their offices here? What can be made easier? Definitely, we're having this conversation with all my friends, like in a different industry, like accounting office they have in the USA and our growth advisor, uh, uh, Hamlet, and also has a marketing team in Armenia and is growing. I believe it's getting almost already 30 people. Uh, you have to be connected with Armenia because you have to understand like the people yeah. here, how they think. And you have to try to explain why they have to do differently. And when, when we're talking about differently, that's something they haven't experienced. Mm -hmm. And of course, for them, it's, it's so strange. They First, they're going to refuse it. First, they're going to tell you that this is not the way it works in Armenia. And once anybody's telling me, I'm saying, okay, you're right. That's what we want to change. Right. <laughs> because we know that a lot of the things, we have to change it. Right. So and if when you're telling me this is not the way it works in Armenia, that's why we are in this situation in right. Armenia. Once right. we change it, so it will be in a better way in the yeah. situation. And you're also a board member at Build Up, uh, which is a, a program that we've spoken about in the past on the podcast. It's this initiative that trains mid-level professionals to, to fill more senior roles in, in Armenia. Can you give us a little bit of an update on, on how that's going and... Uh, and if you yourself or your company have had any luck finding talent from it? Actually, I first time I met with Albert, Albert Bogosian, the founder, in 2021, and after the 44 days war, and uh, yeah. he was telling, like, okay, he has this kind of idea, plan, because uh, he himself, he also have like, a startup, and I think he's an uh, entrepreneur with a couple of even startups, with uh, one of the successful one in the process also is going. So he says, like, we have this issue, like, tell me what to do, I'll do it, or I know what to do, and he's uh, he facing the same issue, and, and then he decided, like, especially after the war, so we can change it, and he even moved from USA to Armenia, and he said, I think we have talented people, but it's not about the hard skills, it's about problem, it's about soft skills. Mm. So, the way we have a lot mid-level talented people, but for them to transition to the senior level, this is not like a brandy or cognac. They have to stay five years to become a, right. <laughs> a senior level uh, developer. Specific yeah, develop. yeah, specific things like a soft skills. If yeah. you work on that, and they can become like a lot quicker, and the result will be a lot better. So anyway, he told me. I say okay, with two hands, I'm in. Whatever I can do, first like mentor. No, not the mentor. I think uh, anyway with the program. So we Advising start. You. Yeah, support. Yeah it and then the time came that he said okay there is a board member option if you like to do it for me it's the first time again it's new experience i say i'll try to do it as much as possible and uh, we got the first graduations like five teams because it's a project based right. the the results uh, itself is talk about in product hunt they launch it all of them like uh, they all got up to the top ranking yes yeah. yes and uh, i met the teams a couple of times during the year like when i'm visiting and now they're opening a second round and i think on the second round before the three-day war in september 13 starts we have a lot of application that's mean now the developers or the students they value and now they see what build up did and what they brought like to others and uh, other students and now we have a lot like applications mm -hmm. comparing on the first one when yeah. like nobody was like not nobody not, not that many people applying yeah. yeah they're saying like no i have to work instead of go right. to study i can find the second job to work right. but no albert trying to explain like okay if you spend a little bit more time 
to online education, then you will get better work. You don't need two jobs then. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. At the end of the first round, the participants of the first cohort have luck getting hired in, in new roles and uh, I know, yes, some of them uh, don't know exact the numbers, but I know there is a success and yeah. even on some couple of, like we've been interviewed and yeah. it's just a little bit different on what we need as, as this point, right. but definitely, especially the end of the year, like where we see the fundraising, so we see a lot of employees, so yeah. we, we need that too, right. and uh, hopefully on the next projects, and we're going to be also participate whatever we see and uh, what kind of uh, students we we're gonna need it or developers we're gonna need it right yeah just going back to orders.co do you think the product can be fitted for the armenian market as well or is it uh, more optimized for larger markets like the u.s as of today whatever our core product is armenia is not ready for it there is uh, multiple problems we've seen it it's uh, the pay structure and the culture of the ordering go to pick up or the delivery but uh, we just recently uh, released one of a uh, new feature like a qr menu maker mm -hmm. which this application is free uh, and is going to be free uh, the idea is even in us especially in armenia i will go back to armenia after the COVID, the qr menu becoming popular so either they want the qr menu it's a uh, expensive on the monthly subscription or if, if there is a free ones they're not working properly because it works from like for certain time after that like the developer because not making money they're not doing the right. updates and then starts crashing how we see and how we solve this uh, problem most of the restaurants they don't have the picture in their menu uh, okay. even in digital menu and even in the uber eats or doordash grab one and once we asking like why you're not doing it because there is statistics that 40 percent of the end users the consumers will order the food if there is a picture mm. rather than there is no picture it's a no-brainer then to do it yeah, yeah because they want to understand for example if they want to order a thai food and there's some naming you don't understand right. how it looks like and right. some people they just choose the food with the look not just uh, not reading just the, the name, name. Description. Yeah. yeah and we look at this way like the current phones that everybody's using if you even talk about the iphone they have the best camera mm -hmm. And uh, the applications like Instagram or like uh, other social media applications, they have the best effects that you can just change the, the picture, the original picture. So we decide why not that our QR menu maker can use our phone having different effects and telling our restaurant owners, just try it download the picture, you don't need the photographer, and right. you will see the difference. Right. Because we know as not good as could the photographer do the picture, but you will get more sales once you have a picture in the menu. Right. So right. this application, so it's very easy to do it. And we see this is important for Armenia because especially this year we got a lot of tourists. We have from Russia or we have from Europe. And always I kind of ask like, okay, how easy for you to choose the food when you go to Armenia restaurant? They think, I don't know, like I'm just reading in Armenia, yeah. trying to guess or trying to try every time. Yeah. And sometimes when you use the Google Translate, uh, I just scared to eat because right. the translation <laughs> is totally off. So I think it's for Armenia at least it's very important to have like a multi-language QR menus uh, that uh, we can service uh, to right. our visitors. That's great. I'm always interested to hear about how Armenian startups, products built by Armenian startups or Armenian founders can 
be served more for the Armenian market? Because right now it seems that most Armenian startups primarily are serving global larger markets, which is completely understandable and makes sense. You can't build a startup specifically for a small market like Armenia. But it's, it's great to see some of those applications slowly coming to the Armenian market so that they can increase economic productivity here and make the overall services is here more optimized better. Yeah. yeah, definitely like a one thing I can say I don't accept and don't like when I go to Armenian restaurant here in Yerevan or and they bring that book. Right. <laughs> and then you have to go with the pages like sometimes right. it's like 20 30 pages yeah. and i hate to see when you go just the restaurant it doesn't matter what kind of name is it and they have from pizza sushi kebab yeah. and like everything. sandwiches everything <laughs> and we think like always i argue with my friends also i'm saying like why they not specialize on one thing right. think, no you don't know we want to just have any sales as possible i'm saying if you specialize in one thing we you will have in ourselves you yeah. don't need to do everything so and that's been proven uh, in us now as you know the virtual concept where you same location has different concept with a different name there is statistics that a restaurant menu should be not more than like 15 items hmm. and uh, that including the drinks right. the, the extras appetizers yeah. and stuff like this so like from 6 to 15 let's say I don't know so, that. That's interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, and it's, I think there is a lot of things the culture-wise has to, and the, the way they think, the, even the business owners in Armenia has to be changed. This is like a small step that we want to introduce the QR menu to the market. Of course, it's not easy. Even myself, I spoke with a couple of owners and the managers at the restaurant, and you're trying to explain, they're saying, no, no, you don't know, that's not working in yeah. Armenia. <laughs> I'm saying that's like, a standard <laughs> line. It doesn't work in Armenia. <laughs> I'm saying, can you at least try yeah. it? Like, I don't know, it's, it's hard, but yeah. that's a will be the first step second uh, we just want to bring whatever we see works in us especially from us it goes to europe and then like we want to do a shortcut because sometimes i noticed like armenia it comes everything from europe not from us yeah. so i want influences more from europe yes yeah. so we want to like as team grows so we want to have direct contact and we want to bring it direct like uh, from us to armenia right. Right. Interesting. And um, are you guys currently hiring or growing the team in Armenia? Yes. And currently we have the open hiring, especially on the support and the sales. Uh, I know the development too, but we expecting uh, the first quarter of 2023 uh, because we are in the fundraising you process. Are uh, yeah, we, until now we have bootstrap, so we haven't done any fundraising. And uh, we're looking on the first quarter of 2023. And uh, with that fundraising, we're looking like to uh, increase our team like three to five times. So that's wow. going to be a big move. Yeah. We want to get ready, prepare. Where can people find out about open positions and hiring? Uh, LinkedIn. We're really active on LinkedIn. And uh, definitely we should have the page, a career page and uh, on orders.co. But the LinkedIn, yeah. we're really active. Okay. And my last question, Arsene, where do you hope to see orders.co in the next five to ten years? Our vision is that every restaurant owner or the chef his patient should be cooking the food hmm. so the rest when it comes to the technology then the the companies the technology companies they should solve these issues right. and with our future uh, which is we have like uh, virtual marketplaces now we are partnering with uh, marketing companies and hmm. publishers to help the restaurant menus and the food or websites to be listed in different places 
so we want to be technology solution for online and offline orders for the restaurant. Saying with that, the chefs and the restaurant owners, they should worry about the cooking and from receiving the orders, delivering the orders, uh, right. uh, ordering the ingredients. So we should take care of it. It's a real all-in-one solution. Uh, on the technology side, market so the kitchen can just worry about the kitchen. Yeah, yeah, kitchen they shouldn't worry about. Are they missing something? Even like with the predictions, how long it's gonna take this, or like which days, like Sundays or, or like uh, let's say Fridays, the busy day, uh, how much this product they should have it comparing yeah. like uh, Tuesdays or Wednesdays. Right. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today, and I hope next time you're in town, we'll we'll get a chance to continue the conversation. Thank you, Anishtha. Thank you, Asim.